Hi everyone and welcome back to the Payless Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Solid, and today we will talk to Laura Van, one of our Payless Movement members. And I tell you now already, this chat with Laura is packed with value because we go through the productivity system end to end. We talk about how to find the best tools and that only collecting information doesn't help anybody. We need to actually find the information later on. And I can relate to these struggles Laura is going through. And I think many of you out there can relate to this as well. We are all on the same journey here in the paperless movement and I'm here to catch you up at the place where you are and get you to the place where you need to be to be organized and feel relieved working in the digital world instead of being stressed out on how to find stuff and so on. So let's dive into this. All right, everyone. I'm so excited. Today, here we have a Paperless Movement member, Laura Van, and this is the very first live member support. So we had a offline chat about the trouble she's going through with her productivity system, and I thought this would be perfect if we just do this live, the answers, because I think this will help so many others of you as well. Laura, thank you very much for being on the show. And yes. We love, would love to hear more about you and your backstory before we go into your system. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting. So I'm Laura, and and I am a returning student and studying something totally different than I had previously done. For years, I worked as an executive assistant. I worked for uh, a studio and worked in TV development and production. So I did this for many years. And then a few years ago, I went back to school and I started with photography and now I am in graphic design. And so I'm coming up with, I'm working on developing a business that incorporates design, a lot of visual elements. And my ultimate goal is to have location independent income, to get an Airstream and a truck and travel the country and live on the road. So, uh, so that is my goal. And so turning towards this as I'm studying in school and sort of getting back into the swing of taking notes and being in an academic setting, I started, I'd, I'd been watching a lot of kind of YouTube productivity videos for quite a while. And for a long time, I sort of had the idea, I was sort of, it was, I guess I would classify it as entertainment more than, oh, I need to learn these kinds of things. Because I sort of thought, with all the time that people put towards trying to figure out the right tools, are you really saving time? I mean, you're putting all this time and effort into organizing and couldn't you, I mean, is that really necessary? And just in the last few months, I've really started to realize, ooh, it is necessary because when I was in school before, it was to, you know, pass the course, to move on with my life, to move on to the next thing. If I'd, you know, gone on to graduate school or something, I think it would have been different. When I was working in the corporate world, it was just whatever you're doing. I'm, I'm not directing. I was, I was not running the company. So I'm just going in to sort of do a day's worth of work and do work. And now the kinds of information that I am acquiring is stuff that needs to be permanent. And, you know, I need to take notes that I will refer back to. I need to gather an information base that I am using for the future. And I need to have systems that do work well, because until I can afford to hire other people, I'm really going to be wearing all of the hats. And so I started to think, oh, oh, now I understand what everybody is talking about. It is actually necessary. It's necessary for me to have information that, you know, to be able to look backwards and not get 
trapped and stuck and digging out, you know, old notebooks and, and so forth. It's necessary for me going forward to have access to all of this stuff, to have information, to have a data architecture. That, so I started digging into tools and getting very overwhelmed very, very quickly. So here's, here's where I am. I am, I am. I'm still taking paper notes until I can figure out uh, the best system. And I recently revived my use of Things 3 as a to-do list manager. It doesn't integrate with anything else. So I don't think this is where I will land permanently. But for now, at least it's, I had been using To-Do, T-E-U-X, D-E-U-X, which is a very minimalist designer-friendly tool for, t for task management, but it is in no way comprehensive. It is not a GTD system at all. It is, it's just sort of a beautiful way of looking at a handful of things that you need to do every day. And so I use Evernote, which I had been using for a decade. And I always just thought it was really unstable. And every time I would try to launch it, it would just take forever and crash. And it was always looking for updates. So I was basically just kind of saving things into it as a file cabinet which I am continuing to do, but I just have it open a little bit more frequently. And and I've used a rand, just a, a variety of tools. And I was looking at a whole host of, of things that some of which are, you know, beautifully designed out the box and others of which like Notion seem like you really just have to sort of design everything yourself or collect 8,000 templates as you watch 3,000 videos all over the place. Yeah. So, so, and so I basically right now for my knowledge management system, I'm using Apple notes and I'm using paper. And, and so I'm looking for, I'm looking for the thing that gets me where I need to go. So that's yeah. my story. So this is really interesting because you went all the way up and then you went back to the roots, which probably is the best to keep going <laughs> forward actually, because I can absolutely relate to this. We go to YouTube so many times and we keep watching these productivity videos and actually watch them to procrastinate. <laughs> yes. And also the next shiny object syndrome thing. This is also for me a big thing. As soon as there's a new tool with a new nice feature and usually the new tool comes out and it has a much better feature or the missing piece that another tool didn't have and things like mm. that. And just to comment on what you just listed there, I think this is an awesome story and what you experienced or what you already have put effort into your system there that I can't wait to, to dig deeper into this. But just let me to tell you that that's something that I realized very recently. On paper, it is so much easier because we have only to look for method. We have to look for a note-taking note method or productivity mm -hmm. method. But when you go digital, you don't even only have to watch watch out for a method. You also have to pick the right tool and then you have the different features. And then the worst thing is that we have so many uh, tools who claim to be all in one. And yes. I think that's the most dangerous thing to have an all in one solution because this makes you even less realize how you should set up such a tool. Yes. And this is when we come to the iCore framework where I try to split this productivity system apart into input, control, output, refine. So once we realize that this is set up in different parts, we could even go into Notion and say, okay, I set up my input part where I write these things down. I have my databases where I find the information later on. I make a project manager to tick off the boxes. And I could now automate it in the refine part using a Notion, the Notion API. Just an example. So... 
what we really want to try here to figure out the different parts first, what to, to look at this. And if you go to, for, for example, to Todoist, where I always say I like Todoist because it's just doing one thing. It allows you to tick off boxes. That's it. And it integrates very well with all the other tools. Mm. So there I have it. I look for a task manager and I tick off boxes and it can't be my note-taking app. So this is what we really want to get out of this. Just for, for the members to know, we talked before about this and you joined the membership due to the Coder course. Yes. Because you watched hundreds of Coder videos <laughs> and you got excited. Absolutely yes. understand this. They are very well in promoting Coder as well. So, but then you realize Coder is my, maybe not for you. Would you have asked me? I would have told you the same. But <laughs> I want to see your point of view now. You know, what, I... What, what brought you away from Coda back to Evernotes then? Uh, you know what? I have to say, this was probably a few weeks ago. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> I think maybe it was that it was browser only. Is that even correct? Yes. And I was, I just felt overwhelmed. And I just hit a few things one after the other where it just wasn't delivering what I want. And I will, I will give you an illustration of something that did deliver something that I want that I just latched onto like it was a life preserver and I knew I wasn't gonna use it forever, but I just wanted something mm. right now. And yeah. that was walling. I don't know if you've spent a lot of time with it, but it's it's sort of a Millinote-ish thing. Mm -hmm. I found walling first, or I probably would have picked Millinote instead because I think it has more flexibility. But what I wanted just to sort of organize my getting organized material of like links and videos and thoughts and lists and everything where I could see it. Like I so am for a, the people who don't know about Walling or Milanote, it's something like Miro, I guess, where you can do mind mapping. And I absolutely, that's what I call creative research. That's mm. my creative research phase. When I try to figure that out, I need to open up Miro and I throw everything I find in there and try to organize. And then, yes. yeah. So I, I love the approach there. So just sorry for interrupting. Yeah. Just and there's something important. The there's something important to me I discovered when I was dealing with frustration and then relief, which is just for me personally, it's really important to be able to see everything in a category all at once visually presented. That's just how my mind latches on to things. Now, on the other hand, I realized like it has a lot of rigid, inflexible things about it that don't make sense. Like Milanote, you can just throw everything on a big kind of virtual whiteboard and you can put in like the equivalent of post-it notes and you can have, you know, I, I haven't dug into it, but walling is, has a rigid structure. It is a column structure and it has blocks. And so dragging and dropping and having things line up, it, it, it's a little, I, I, I tend a little bit towards OCD-ish. Like I, do, mm -hmm. I certainly not, haven't been diagnosed with that, but there are things that if things are not lined up properly, it's, it's going to bother me a little bit, but, but it allows for you to, to put a lot of stuff on there, but there's a little too much tweaking involved and it's weird that you can't throw it up and it'll just, it, it'll, things, it, if you drop something in, it'll put itself in a column. So you might have one column with like 50 items and another with two. And it, so it's sort of, there's a little too much futzing with it to make it really efficient. But I just found this, this great sense of relief at like, ah, oh, here it is. Now I can plan the next thing. And I've sort of moved on from it. And I immediately started using it so much that it was like, 
prompted me to say, you're, you're out of your free period or whatever within like an hour <laughs> because I was just throwing everything in there. And I just had a lot of things that I've been clipping and collecting and I, and I needed them to plan the next step. And so this was my first kind of training wheels, but I knew this isn't permanent, but I bought a year's worth because I'd already used up all my free time. And, and so, so that just gives you an idea of like why Coda was maybe it works once I have developed something and I had a foothold, but I just didn't have a place to stand. I felt like I'm in the middle of the ocean paddling and I can do this for a while, but at some point I just need to get on a little raft for a while and yeah. I just need to rest. And so that's what Walling gave me. Yeah. I was in the same situation with switching tools too quickly. And then mm. this way you destroy the whole productivity system, no matter what it is, because you have to move information from one place to another, or you start disconnecting, having it in different places. Yes. So I allow myself having a sandbox mode mm -hmm. where I will just test this stuff out with my business process and all this in mind, how would it work? I pick an example process out of my business, like video editing. Mm -hmm. I want to make this process. This is how I just recently drove my own team crazy because I started again thinking about switching back from ClickUp to Asana. For the reason ClickUp is very complex and I cannot mm -hmm. expect for my team members that they love complex stuff. So I, I really <laughs> want to have simplified stuff and Asana looks easier this way. And this is where how I validated this. So I picked mm -hmm. the process that we have already in place in ClickUp went to, to Asana without mm -hmm. my team. So mm -hmm. I was just pretending they're there and tested it. And the same I did in Monday mm -hmm. and, and in Process Street. This is also a very interesting tool there. Oh. And I went back to click. So we stay there. So just I was just happy that I had this sandbox mode yes. because it is already bad on your own. But when you mm -hmm. drive the team around from one to another, it becomes crazy. So Talking about Walling and Mila Node, where you have this creative research mode, I can absolutely relate to this, this feeling of relief that you just mm -hmm. mentioned there, because you get the things that you have on your mind finally yes. out. And we tend to go to tools like Mila Node or whiteboarding tools. And in your case, also Coda or Notion because it feels like a blank piece of paper that mm -hmm. we can construct. So we are not tied into a structure that the tool gives us. Mm -hmm. So we are free to build our own system. But then we are on this piece of paper and we start yes. building and then we are lost because we have no guidance. Right. And we have other people on YouTube and also people who sell methods and templates giving you yes. the solution for this notion or then coder. They also have a lot of people creating this, these templates and so on. The issue really I see there with the templates, this is built for their own processes. Yes. So it works in there and it becomes very complex because they started with the baby steps already building this template. Then mm -hmm. they have a fully fledged productivity system in Notion. You yes. load in the template and then you say, what the, what shall I do right, now? Right. Where, what is, what is a bucket here and, and things like that. So I think obviously then they have trainings to do this, yes. but this is why I try to really go to the, to the basics. And yes. we want again, look at this and just mentioned it with the black canvas. And we were just in the input mode right here mm -hmm. that you just want to get out what you have on your mind yes. and little, little story there. 
literally in corporate when I was working, sitting in the meetings, I stopped taking notes completely. Mm. Not because I was so efficient, because I was so overwhelmed and note-taking paralyzed. I knew when I write it down, no matter where, I won't mm -hmm. find it. I won't look it up again. So this was the state I was in. And then I thought, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And there I realized I don't have a single source of truth. I write something down in my paper notebook. I write something down uh, per email and send it to me. I have it in my to-do list and so on. And then I start searching. And this is, you know, was so frustrating finding information that I just stopped completely and tried to keep it in my mind. But obviously this works only <laughs> a limited uh, <laughs> time well, so this is yes. what i i would like to go here the single source of truth mm -hmm. so you mentioned already evernote for example yes and i use it the same way as you to me evernote is not still not more and stacy Harmon, our evernote expert she might not agree with me but evernote to me is still a document so yes. i have a i scan my documents into evernote and then i have peace of mind because mm -hmm. I digitized my documents and they become searchable automatically. Mm -hmm. And I will find them whenever I need to search them. I don't need to categorize them, nothing. If I need an invoice, I search for it, I will find it. And then I, again, try to take notes in Evernote. I tried to make to-dos in Evernote. And I thought, no, it's just not feeling right. Mm -hmm. yes. And we talked about this as well when it comes to Evernote, or you wrote this to me, that it just... Yeah, it is not this black canvas. Whenever I write a note, I have the feeling I don't find it later on. And I don't mm -hmm. want to search for the information. Yes. So this is why I realized, okay, this is my document dump. This is where mm -hmm. I scan information to when it comes to invoices and contracts. That's it. And there we are in taking conventions and definition, defining what information you have there. So you said already you were doing research for your productivity system. And you do this very well in Walling for your studies. Walling mm. might be not the right no, solution no. to have a long-term understanding. And I love the realization that I can 100% agree with. As a student, you know, as a young student, I did it for the courses, yeah, to pass yes. the courses. Yeah. I, I did stuff I wasn't even interested in. Yep. But once I got to the PhD, I had one topic that was my topic and I was yes. digging into this. And there was the very first time where I realized, oh my God, I don't have a system to collect all the information. I have no idea. And there are no people out there helping me. There was no YouTube back then. or no Ali Abdallah or Thomas Frank. <laughs> right. So they could have helped me back then, obviously. Incorporate is a complete different story. Yes. So what do you feel, because you mentioned already Apple Notes, what yes. kind of notes do you take in Apple notes then? Everything? Well, I have a whole elaborate system. And, and I should preface this by saying that, um, that I feel a little bit out of sync with, with the way that people are creating apps and like these modern sort of apps. I am, I'm old enough to have <laughs> learned how to study and how to organize material with outlining, you know, with like, capital I, you know, and, and whatever. Like I remember school assignments in elementary school with that. I remember flashcards and outline cards and file folders. And so there, I, was I think I was, I think I told you like a, a little anecdote. I think that a friend of mine was 
she introduced me to that. She mentioned that as at the time, I think she was like 60 something and had been laid off from a job and was going back to work in a tough environment. And she's really, really aggressive, really smart. But she kept interviewing with people and people would say, you know, we're looking for a digital native. And that was the first time I'd heard that phrase. This was a while ago. And she had said, I've, I've come to understand that that is a sort of code for age discrimination. And I just remember thinking when I heard that, because she had been my boss and as technology happened, it was my job to understand it and teach her or manage her stuff. And so I always saw myself as being like a little bit more on top of it than she was technology wise. But over more recent time, I've started to go, oh, no, I'm not a digital native. I'm really not. Like I, the way my brain understands information is locked into this, how I was taught paper, file folders, manual outlining. So the idea of having a system where you're relying on tagging to search for things my brain cannot wrap itself around that. I'm just too too old. I can't do it. And so, and so, so those kinds of things, like if you look at my system, I've recently moved to not Google Drive, what do you call it? Google Workspace. And so, and I've, and, and this is from Dropbox. And so I have, you know, like I, th- I think very carefully about like, what are the file folders going to be named and what are the subfolders and the subfolders within those or whatever. So having one big catch-all system where I'm searching would never in a million years work because I, I just, I want to go visually click, 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 click. And I remember it visually. And the idea of like, what word would I use to find the thing? I will never, never in a million years succeed with that kind of system. And it's, it's a little chastening to be like, oh, the world has moved. It has changed. And everyone else seems to be doing something else. And I'm just going to have to accept that I, it's just not how it works in my noggin. It just doesn't work. So, so yeah, yeah. having, uh, you know, so for a while I was using Workflowy. As mm-hmm. I used it over the years for all kinds of things. Now I have like an idea file that is 8,000 items long or whatever. But I, I watched a video once, of course, and someone was explaining how they, you know, how they use it. And and they were saying, oh, I organize my whole life. I have everything. And for those who haven't ever seen it, it's it's markdown language. And it's basically, it's a big hierarchy where you can expand and contract lists So, and you can see like a vertical line connecting this dot and this dot, and then it'll sort of march forward into, oh, I guess my hands are off the screen (laughs) anyway. And so, and the, and this person explains this whole thing where they had, you know, days of the week with at, you know, and so they could just do a search for that or next week or next month or whatever. And they had, so that was to-do lists. And then they had hashtags and all this stuff and everything was in one big bucket. It was writing blog posts and it was their schedule and it was, you know, what I need to talk to my kid's teacher about, or it, it was everything. And I was like, Never. how does your brain? It's just amazing to me. I was like, I would, no, 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 no. I, I was getting upset, just even <laughs> anxious, just <laughs> watching this video thinking, because I would just sit there and I would think, how am I supposed to, what on the day that I wrote this, what, how would I have tagged that? How, what? <laughs> I just need to see it. I need to see choices and then choose. And then see more choices. And now I've arrived at the destination. I don't want to have to manufacture, like, to remember, like, okay, would this have been, did I put this on a day of the week thing? Or was this under a task? 
hashtag? <laughs> like, do I search for doctor? What do I search for? So anyway, it's funny how our brains work and, and how that sort of self-knowledge as, as bit by bit, I, I, I'm forced to sort of see this because of the app choices that I, that I have, you know, where I'm like, oh, what is this system? Do I really need it? <clears throat> and this is, this is the, this is the thing. Text is a good example. You will know when you need it once you need them. How that, <laughs> that was a bad explanation. I just actually want, to, want to, to say something else there. That I know that there are many here in the call who have already in mind Obsidian. So because it's screaming for Obsidian, what you're yes. saying, that you want, to have to, you want to have the visual feedback and going through, you know, <laughs> clicking you through. And in the end of the day, it's like a Wikipedia Where mm -hmm. you go there and you look up for one article and then you click through the links, it's the same thing. Yes. It just brings you automatically to the destination that yes. you're going for. About Obsidian and Rome research, <laughs> I have been thinking about them. So in the last in the last um, live, live interview with Danny Hatcher, who also oh, switched yes. from Notion to Obsidian, yes. I also switched now to Obsidian uh -huh. and really, really going deep there mm -hmm. to really say, okay, is it really for me? And I can tell you it is nice, but this being said, me too, it took me, I, I don't know, months to wrap my head around how this works, not technically, yes. but how I should use it and can I stick right. to it and things right. like that. So this is really, again, the danger with having an all-in-one solution because I mm -hmm. came with a specific purpose to Obsidian and say, I want to have a long time storage of my knowledge. That's yes. what I have want to have and easy to collect information mm -hmm. and, and things like that. And then also the nice way that I have security that I can place the files wherever I want to have compared to Notion now. Yeah, it made finally click and there will be certainly something in the membership coming where I will show my Obsidian setup then. Mm -hmm. This being said, going back to the tags, yes. what is tags? I won't explain in detail what tags are now. Um, in, a, in a membership, there's actually a masterclass where I show uh, in a presentation what tags are visually. So the difference, because tags to me are more like roots and uh, off trees. Mm -hmm. So where you, yeah, it's, <laughs> if this is not, I can't show it. It's not visually uh, understandable. But I just realized again, a situation when I really need tags. And this is actually our community in our membership. So in the community, in our membership is based on circle.so. Oh, okay. So I think. Yeah, sure. And they don't have tags for posts. Okay. Ooh. And now I explain you exactly mm -hmm. a use case in our own community where I thought, oh my God, it would be so much easier if we would have tags. So because if you're in the community, you have a big search bar on top and you can search for information. Yes. So, but I have subcategories where you can go to, for example, knowledge management. Mm -hmm. So a tag would allow me now that I can go into knowledge management and see in their articles listed a long list of Notion, Code, Obsidian, and all this. If we, they would be tagged, uh, if those posts would be tagged with their app name, mm -hmm. I could just click the tag and I only get the results of Coda, for example, and all the articles. So this is how I would use tags. Instead, mm -hmm. I have another category now, which is called 
tool discussions mm -hmm. and we just list all the tools because I wanted to have a space where we can go into detail about Notion and all the other tools. And this is what made me first frustrated uh -huh. that it seems that it is not commonly known how we could leverage the tag system yes. in such a system. This was the moment when I thought I would go back to the old forum system, <clears throat> but I switched away from the forum system because mm -hmm. it became too complex. Yes. So I wanted to have something easy to engage. Mm -hmm. So we will live with this and the search bar okay. where we have, yeah. where we have the option to search that you also have in Apple notes. Mm -hmm. You can search for information. That's what you do now, isn't it? You're writing down and then you're searching for what you're looking for. But you can also leverage this search. So when you write down, this is a question that came up several times. Okay, I'm doing note-taking and note-shelf, good notes, notability, you name it. How do I make task management in my notes? So I'm sitting in a meeting and I get a task. So what should I do with this? So Obviously, if you don't have, if you have a task manager, you could select it and paste it in there then. But the other thing is you could simply write down a hashtag to do. That's it. Mm -hmm. And then you search for this hashtag to do and you get a list of all the open to do's. As soon as you finish this task, you just erase the to do and mm -hmm. it won't all show yes. up in the search again. So these are the workarounds. And I think once we understand these basics, then you will approach other tools in a different way. That makes um, sense. I think that the tags idea yeah. for proper nouns, like an actual, that makes perfect sense. And if you have a very limited number of things for me, yeah. just ha for how my brain works, like, you know, to do, or if you have a project that something is directly related to, but for me, it's, it starts to get sort of complicated because I might have a number of business development buckets. And something might span a couple buckets because I haven't decided, mm -hmm. oh, is this going to come in this format or is it going to be in this format? Something might, like, I, I don't know exactly, like I have like four different businesses and I may eventually do all of them, but I have to pick one. And so is this for business for the next one or is it for the current one? So the moment that I'm capturing something, I'm thinking about something. And the question is, how do I make sure that this is future-proofed as a tag to know that, that if this changes format, then I can now lump this in with the rest of it because I've now expanded what this business is going to be. So all these other things are now going to be dragged along into this. Like, so if you get too granular or if you just have a weird brain that comes up with too many creative ways of looking at something that you can't and you can't retrace your steps later, so that's sort of the pause that I'm taking at the threshold of Obsidian and all of these backlinking things. It sounds great, but I just have to give some thought and maybe watch some more videos to see how other people use it. Um, yeah, that, I, I want like to warn you about this because <laughs> I watched a lot of your Obsidian <clears throat> videos. It is really the thing that we have to get started with it and then stick to it for a while. That's the yes. same thing, especially in Obsidian. You just... <clears throat> start realizing that these connections show up once you added a lot of stuff. But I can absolutely relate to the tag situation, like my note-taking my note -taking, uh, paralysis. It was the same for tags. Mm -hmm. I started writing down, oh, these are tags. Okay. Every noun was a tag in the end. So because <laughs> yeah. I didn't know. That's what you just uh, yeah. explained. And I just wanted to show that you could mm. leverage these tags in a different way 
that you just sit down and you write down a convention of text and you mm -hmm. say, okay, I have a that is for to-dos. And as soon as I add this tag, I can search for this to-do. And Obsidian, again, you don't need... You don't really need tags in there. It is a is a different way. Right. So I, I barely use tags. It is really just for this. If I want to have a to-do in Obsidian, that's something I'm testing now, then I would add to-do tag. Right. This being said, I highly recommend that you go back into the membership to the Icon Mastery Early Access. There is the tag versus folder masterclass. Ah. And there I ah. explain exactly this, what you just mentioned, that you mm. have some folders or buckets And you have an information that could span across different buckets. Yes. And I show this in this masterclass as well, where I show a folder structure that we mm -hmm. also love in the in the Windows X. And we start organizing everything in folders. And then you click dig down 10 levels down, and you have something that you place there. And then you realize, oh my God, in the other route, there it should fit the same. So we duplicate this file in the other folder structure as well, and it's disconnected. And tags is exactly doing this. It connects the different folders and it lives in the same folder at the same time. Mm. This makes sense. So we can overcome this cross-span between buckets. Uh, yep. Yeah, I have to learn some new tricks. Yeah, the basics. <laughs> the basics of the digital world. This is what the Paperless Movement yeah. is. We, we really start there. And we learn how we can leverage this digital world. I just get crazy when I see all the tools coming out. And talking to many CEOs and product managers, realizing they don't even understand the basics. So they're building a tool mm -hmm. due to requests from the community. But we have so many different use cases. We have students mm -hmm. who are using the tool and we have business people using the tool. And they try to do it all in one tool. Yes. So this makes it... Too complex. Yeah. Yeah. The so, people at Notion must be crazy because they, I mean, they probably, they were like, oh, yeah. people are using it for everything. I guess we have to keep delivering. And, but I'm sure they had no idea how it would take off. And now they're probably like, I guess we'll just, it's everything. But is that the yeah. right thing? <laughs> probably not. Yeah. And in my interview with the CEO from Todoist, we had exactly the same conversation. They only have a task list and I, pray to God that they don't do anything else with Todoist. Mm -hmm. And they're working on other tools for other purposes, like uh -huh. the Slack alternative they have there. And so they have disconnected tools. And then they say people will be able to pick the tools and put them together as they like to. But Todoist, is, you can integrate it with so many other tools. Mm -hmm. So I would love to have more of integrations rather than all-in-one solutions. Yes. You will never have an all-in-one solution that pleases them all. Yes. Yeah, I think Things yeah. 3, it really it integrates with Calendar and that's it. So That's it. Yeah, yeah, if you're in the Apple universe, I think Things 3 is great. You have uh, shortcuts that you can use there and, and mm -hmm. other things as well. But as I'm living in cross devices, uh, I'm using to do is to integrate with my Google calendar. And then again, mm. if you're in Microsoft, so this is where the nitty gritty starts. Yes. But we have a completely different starting point to discuss these things. Once you mm -hmm. have, know what you exactly want to achieve with your productivity yes. system and yes. how it is laid out and what type of notes you take. So let's get back to this. So you are mm -hmm. a student now and you are solely yes. a student yes. and you you are learning for your exams then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it exams? 
I'm not sure. Uh, well, yeah, there there are there are exams, but it's mostly it's mostly projects, visual projects. But yeah, yeah. but so a lot of I it guess... is like apps and tools that I will be using going forward. So every time I learn something about a tip or a trick in Adobe Illustrator, for example, like that is something that it's going to come up on the test. But I just don't care about the test. I care about do did I learn it? Do I have a way to refer back to it is, yeah. is much more important than, you know, the first time around where it was like, well, I, I really didn't care about grades at all. But I mean, in theory, it was about just getting a grade and passing it and moving on. It was to go to school just to go to school because that's what you were supposed to do. I, I didn't, yeah. I wasn't directed in any personal way. Because I yeah. just did yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely did understand it. because you want to use these tools later on. Mm -hmm. And so as a graphic designer, um, looking at, you know, I, I guess you are on YouTube as well, looking tutorials about the graphic designing tools like Adobe Illustrator and Photoshop. And sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's a, the best place to be. I'm there as yeah. well, learning all everything about Final Cut Pro and mm -hmm. how I edit my videos and so on. But let me guess another thing. You yes. started collecting this information via, via Web Clipper or a Read Later tool or things like that, which is all over the place, like Pocket <clears throat> or even Pocket. the Evernote Web Clipper. I think you mentioned it even. Pocket? Well, even worse. So I, 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 when I moved over to, I, 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 I had a goofy Gmail address that was like a million years old and it was really stupid and I just always wanted to switch. And so when I moved, uh, anyway, so I used to have a different Gmail address that I was using for everything. And I had endless playlists that I saved onto YouTube. Yes, I saved things onto Pocket, but generally that, you know, just articles and stuff like that. But <laughs> I had, I had hundreds, I had thousands of videos saved onto playlists. And then at some point I realized like, oh, if I ever have a YouTube channel, which when I hit the road in my Airstream, I think is very likely. I'm like, oh, this is, these, these playlists are like the public facing things and I don't have a channel, so it doesn't matter. But I'm, anyway, so I- yeah, you have to be very careful what you actually like because- I, I just didn't think it through. But anyway, when I switched my Google thing, like I, my Google address, I saved things that were assigned by an instructor in school. And that was very laborious because it was a few hundred. So I had to go save them elsewhere. And I don't even remember where I saved them. That's very bad. Oh, I saved them all to Pocket. I, I, I saved that whole list to Pocket. And then everything else, I just did a kind of inbox zero, like goodbye. And I just deleted all of it. So I spent a long time clipping like trips, tricks for this app or here's this productivity <laughs> or whatever. Here's this great, you know. So all of it just, it, it was kind of a relief it all went away. So now I need to be thoughtful about how I save things. And I really just, I, I just don't really have a system. Uh, sometimes I save it in Apple notes. Sometimes if it's going to be a temporary save, I will save it under uh, one tab, like, mm -hmm. you know, where you just collect a bunch of lists and you can, you know, I also have Workona, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I can save things to as playlists. And it basically collects, I don't know if you're familiar with it or use it, but it's a browser tab and, and it's part of some whole productivity system. I can see you laughing. It's, a whole, <laughs> it's part of a whole system, but the only thing I use is their browser saver. And what, what you can do is you can save workspaces basically, where if you're working on a project <laughs> and, you, and you have a hundred oh, yeah. tabs that are open, you can click and save them all. 
so that you can return to them never. <laughs> you can feel productive. Like so, these are these are my th three Good. ineffective <laughs> systems. And then we have the piece uh, of paper, though. It, yes. But they <laughs> know why I'm, why I'm laughing because I can. So you just have to look at my extensions <laughs> in the Chrome browser. Yes. There's uh, what is it? Uh, the the, the reason thing that I use is rain. Raindrop is it? Yeah, raindrop.io. Oh, yeah. I'm not even writing that and, and all this. Yeah. And I tell you what, as you already realized, <laughs> it just makes no sense to edit. But maybe it makes sense because we have something called a library. Maybe you heard about this already. Mm -hmm. That we it is absolutely <laughs> legit to buy books and never read them. Oh. And I'm oh. a person doing this for a long time, and I'm so happy youtube videos talking about the anti-library telling it's okay that you just buy these books and never read them that is and actually i'm i'm a really bad reader so i'm rather um listening to the books as an audiobook and then i buy the book and put uh -huh. it in a bookshelf because it reminds oh. me physically what was in there and and the anti-library just gives you a feeling of the things that you are interested in so you you know you you evolve because you get more and more information and you just need to be okay with that you will never access them again. <laughs> I subscribe to short form. Yeah, that you need <laughs> that a reading. You, anyway. So I absolutely can relate to this. And I, I if you're doing this, I would rather stick to one tool then and have one long know, list. But right? Now let's face it. <laughs> yes. I mean, we we are watching YouTube videos that nearly go an hour of a tutorial. Yes, and then we save it in this list. Yeah. We never go back because we know it takes an hour, and I knew already. So yes. it should be really the notes should be directly be taken out of while you're watching it. So this is the most efficient way. I I also was talking to a member recently. <clears throat> He uh, is a manager the whole day in meetings, <clears throat> and in the evening he has one hour that he takes away the whole day to process the notes that he took the whole day. Asked him if he doesn't want to take the notes just where they belong to. And this is what I try myself <clears throat> in the team when we have a meeting, that we add the information directly to the systems that we use, which mm -hmm. we haven't defined 100% yet. This is, but we are getting there. So we, or a good example would be we are on Slack. And this is the next danger or any other chat system that you have there. So how quickly is it that the boss reaches out to you and tells you, can you do this? So very quickly, these tasks are stacking up and we don't keep track of it. Mm -hmm. So obviously we haven't implemented in our own setup, which is mm -hmm. fine. You know, I realized it and I, I had the solution <laughs> because I'm coaching it for a long time already mm -hmm. and did it incorporate for many times. So what have we done? I said, there is no task if it is not in ClickUp and Whenever we talk about this task, let's go to this task and take the notes in the comment section or just update it directly. Yes. You save so much time. And I see it in corporate mm -hmm. so many times, the bigger the company, it's more likely that somebody else sits, sits in the meeting just to take notes. Yeah. And then this poor person who is not a specialist in the topic that was discussed about, will do the meeting minutes and yes. send it out via email. And right. nobody will read this email <laughs> because they were just in a meeting. So everybody agreed on this and then it gets dumped in the archive or even deleted. And yes. then two weeks later, you have exactly the same meeting talking about the same yes. things again. Yes. This and is the lack of single source of truth. And 
all what we discussed here goes down to this one thing that you need to stick to one system. I can't tell you enough <laughs> that it is no matter what tool you pick, but you yes. should stick to it for a while. Yes. And the reason why I switched to Obsidian is that I have peace of mind that this is markdown files that I yes. can switch to a different tool. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see that we have a common file system that all the tools are using. So it's interchangeable and also allow people to use the tools they love to use. The idea is that everybody can use his tool mm -hmm. that processes these markdown files in a different way, but still have the same bucket, the single source of truth, which is yeah. in the end a folder structure on its server that mm -hmm. everybody could access with their own tools. So this would be, that's a dream, but yes. Yeah. So what do you think? How would you approach this now? So the next, uh, the next step, I'm going to watch some videos. <laughs> I wish I, I have some in the membership. You can sit there all night watching yes, the class. There's a so. lot of there's a lot of stuff. So what I'm what I'm looking at. So right now I am I'm at the moment happy with things three in terms of kind of not allowing me to feel like I can progress through my day and things are not getting crazy. It ties to my calendar. I have some due dates. I have class projects, I have personal stuff. It doesn't, but I'm also not in business development mode quite. So I can see that it is going to be a problem. I will need to have project management at the end of the semester. I'm gonna, I'm, so I'm thinking ahead. I have some things at work now. I'm doing, you know, paper note taking and I'm considering doing some digital note taking. We were talking about that a minute in our, in our previous call and I was telling you that I, so I have an, an iPad Pro and I have paper like the screen protector on it, but it's, but I have a neurological condition where I, I need a lot of friction as I write. Otherwise my mm. handwriting is really all over the place and out of control. And I know their handwriting recognition can be trained, but like it, it it's just illegible. But I recently got a pen tip and a grip and it much, works much better. So I haven't leapt to a new tool because I think that's the problem, but that might be part of just putting mm -hmm. that aside is is taking notes digitally and then being able to transform them into text because it's very helpful for me to learn and remember and listen while note taking. It's hard for me to just sit and listen and not have an activity and and pay attention. I I can't I just can't focus and pay attention without writing something. Mm. Even though so I'm not worried about the notes that I'm taking because most of it it's like it's just garbage and it doesn't matter if I refer to most and of that, it ever again. That's okay. I mean, yeah. this is this is one of the, the different parts of the system. You need yes. to have a scribble book. And yes. what people, I just today talked to another member and he said, I made him switch from Evernote to Apple Notes. And I said, don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> if it makes sense to you, that's yeah. good. If Evernote was your note-taking app, you have a handwriting note, that's fine. Right. But I don't want you to switch tools just because I showed you Apple Notes because Apple Notes to me <laughs> is really just something where I scribble a note down very yes. quickly where I think this is a temporary <clears throat> thing. I don't need uh, to look it up inside Apple Notes later again. Yes. So whenever I have a long form, because I have nothing else at hand and I need to quick to do quick notes. I might use a piece of paper or Apple notes, but then I need to process this into yes. Yes. the single source of truth that I've defined where it is placed to. Yes. And <clears throat> oh, so I have some, and I, and I use it extensively I, and I don't love any bit of it, but, but I feel like I'm not lost in it. It's not a problem, but it also isn't really helping me <laughs> tremendously. 
yes, you can search. Maybe I'm not doing it right because you can search and see that something is there, but it doesn't take you right to that. It'll say, oh, here, here's where you mentioned that thing in the notes, but you still have to scan the notes. So I've started taking shorter notes that are not long, long, long things because it's just, there's no, I, I haven't, I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm just not. It doesn't. So there's there's also the Apple Notes course <laughs> inside the membership. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. As I said, I, I have a yeah, few solutions. I, yeah. So but usually yeah. it should bring you exactly to the point oh, where it found it. And if oh, it found funny. several, then you can jump <clears throat> through the different. Findings. Yeah, but so the things that I'm interested in, I, I have a couple of different categories. I have kind of random business ideas that come up that sometimes are just out of the blue. Sometimes there's an image like, oh, this is an interesting shop design. This is an interesting blog design. This is an interesting product. Like it triggered an idea and rather than writing something down about it, it's better to just take a picture, you know, like screenshot and then attach it somewhere so that I can, and it also means I'm not copying something because I have the source. I didn't write a description of it. I have the source so I can be like, Oh, it's the color palette I liked from that. Oh, I remember that. I never have trouble remembering why I clipped something, but I might have trouble remembering why I wrote something that's a phrase, what it applies to. And that's just a quirk of how my brain works. So having a sort of idea, and sometimes it's just a pure list. It's a product name or it's a, I'm doing some font design. So it's a name for a font or whatever. So, so there are sort of, but I, you know, but I'm not sure. So, so there's product development there is also project management kinds of things that I will be needing to get into where I'm thinking about, okay, here are the steps that I need to do in this particular order, Gantt chart kinds of things. I'm not sure my brain really works that way, but however I implement pro project management, I will need something for that. I also have just kind of, there's a part of my brain, like I used to work in, in TV development and I worked with writers uh, and And I had a couple of writing projects that I had, and I can't turn that part of my brain off and it generates ideas and I'm not doing anything mm. with them, but I just, mm. it, it'll just recur every three days if I don't offload it. So, and it's been years since I've worked in this area and I don't know why my brain just keeps spitting out little, oh, you know what would be great with that idea I came up with 10 years ago. I don't know. So I have a giant workflowy dump bucket. That's not important, but, and so, so I also have sort of, you know, nonfiction books that I'm reading and ideas that I would like to capture and refer to and develop because, you know, as part of my, my digital design efforts, there will be some blog content, some, maybe a YouTube channel, something down the line. So there's, there's something in that area that I'm, that I'm working on. And then there are just Things like I know that I, it's unlikely that I will go back and watch a YouTube video, but having a place where I save a video and I can see the thumbnail and I just remember things visually, I remember the experience of watching it better than just writing something down. So writing down the takeaways from something attached to a, the actual video where I see a thumbnail of it, even if I will never click and play the video, I probably won't. It would be a waste of time because I already watched it. And so if I'm taking notes, that should cover it. But just having a visual of it helps me remember, helps me remind myself of these ideas. So these are, it's probably not an exhaustive list. Oh, and then things like, you know, the tips and tricks, shortcuts, keyboard shortcuts for apps. But that's already the details. So <clears throat> what you just listed there, I would recommend that you just 
rewatched the last, what is it, was it maybe two minutes where you went through the system. Once we put this live in the membership and mm -hmm. then go into your whiteboard to mm -hmm. whatever this may be. Mm -hmm. By the way, there's also a Miro online course. Mm -hmm. So Miro is really what I think. I used Mila Note before that. Yeah. So this is why I'm mentioning Miro there. And go in there and then draw out exactly these different topics that you just said there. Because use main topics mm -hmm. of things that you you categorized it automatically. Or have yes. you done this already? Do you have, because you said you have your mm -hmm. creative research Yeah, I, I have some of it in Walling, but I haven't looked at That's sort of where I started. I was like, what kinds of buckets am I creating? But I haven't looked at this in a few weeks. Like I offloaded everything. Yeah. And then I, I thought about it a little bit more since then. So But, if you create a mind map out of these categories, and then you try to apply tools to these categories. So I usually yes. take the tool logo and just add it to this. So I have the visual feedback. And then maybe you realize what tools become redundant mm -hmm. and could be swallowed by another tool, the mm -hmm. category. And also with the snippets that you take there, mm -hmm. you know, the screenshots of the, the color sets. I understand that you can relate to this, but you, again, you have a list of screenshots and you will go through this and you will find it. Or how do you search for this? Well, when the list gets really big, That's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> yes. So <laughs> when it's really, kind of small, uh, I don't want to. I'd want to. I don't want to push you to another shiny object. But mm -hmm. the principle behind Obsidian Rome Research, let Q, is that you start connecting these. So as soon mm -hmm. you add the picture inside Obsidian and you write a short note to this, then it lives in your brain extension. Yes. And you go in there and you will realize, okay, I used it in this project and I used it in this project. And then it becomes really dynamic. Mm -hmm. And you have a single source of truth again. Mm -hmm. The process that I do in Obsidian, I did this already in Notion. And there will still be the Notion course coming out where I show how I connected the different databases. Because I always thought I will be a, I'm a structured person and need mm -hmm. to architect my stuff. Mm -hmm. But now I realize I can do, it, do it exactly the same in Obsidian with a lot more advantages. So I add the video there and then I make bullet points below that that just summarizes what I had in the video. Mm. And that's it. The, the real take takeaways. So yes. I overcome this watching this hour again. Yes. At the same time, I know what's in there. So this all, what you just mentioned, sounds to me that you really should look uh, have a look in, in Obsidian. Now, um, do you recommend, yeah. I don't know, something that wouldn't have occurred to me before seeing other people use these tools this way, uh, that initially I thought, oh, that's... But now I'm starting to think it's a good idea. What do you think about the idea of just having a daily thing? Like, do you use this this way, like Obsidian or, or yeah, you know, I have or Obsidian. Any of the other, where you just say, here are all the things I encounter today, and I'm going to backlink them to where they should go. And so I have a daily record of, you know, my thoughts or my journal entries or this video that I watched or here's some notes from a book that I'm am reading, but I'm not writing the whole summary because I read pages 53 to 75 today or whatever. And then you bracket them and then link back to the whole source that you, that your central organizing tool is really a daily list. And then you are linking to other things. Is, does that, mm. is that how you use it or do you recommend it or? Yeah. Obsidian also has mm. a, a daily note section. So every day it opens a new note with the, mm -hmm. with the date in it. And it's hard to describe 
with the description. So I just thinking about why, I, why I'm not doing the next live session. I will just do, you know, a walkthrough oh. where I'm at now with the, with Obsidian. And then I show exactly how I think it works in my, yeah. in my world there. Yeah? Just when you come to the daily note, I have another thing, mm-hmm. another shiny object. Yay. So what I also use is uh, day one. I'm not sure oh, if you heard about this. I, I okay. have day one. So I'm using this since 2015. Uh-huh. And then again, it really becomes interesting the longer you use a tool. But there again, I defined that only my personal thoughts go into day one. If I experience the life change or like the moving or now building a house and so on. Mm-hmm. And this is then really nice because it brings up, you know, on this day, three years ago, you did this. Mm-hmm. And this keeps me inspired when, you know, with the YouTube channel, I'm nearly at 60,000 uh, subscribers. And I think I always look to the people with more subscribers and then I get back and realize these are 60,000 people. Okay. These are persons who are actually following you. And yes. this is day one helps you when suddenly comes up oh i reached a thousand subscribers and i see in the in the chat and now you know we are already over time but i want to go into the q a section as well yeah so in the chat i see already long-term members so i'm really appreciate that you're with me for so long already and some of them even you know, they know me in the times when I had a thousand subscribers. So, but I didn't change what I was talking about, I would say. So welcome, Steve, Kimmy, Darius. I thank you very much, Jakob, for your, for your, for your chat there. And I just want to quickly go through this because I saw some interesting things that we will bring up. All right, let's stop here. It's going into the live Q&A now. This is actually an exclusive part to the Paperless Movement members. So just in case you don't know, these interviews actually happen live inside the Paperless Movement membership and other members are able to comment on these interviews or give some suggestions and we further discuss this. So if you want to watch the extended version of this interview, then I would love to welcome you inside the Paperless Movement membership and help you to become a digital pro. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss the weekly release of these interviews and I'll catch you up next time.